welcome everyone to the X Factor Files podcast. I'm Daryl. I'm Philip. And hey, it's Dylan. Very hey. special guest. Dylan, do you want to introduce yourself and where people may know you from right now? Sure. Uh, I'm better known as Warpath Dylan online. I have my own X-Men podcast. It's called House of X Podcast. And I go to a bunch of different cons and cosplay. And I recently did the Uncanny Experience, which is an X-Men immersive fan event yes and what a grand time was had by all at the uncanny experience i mean the slew of guests that you had covered the comics the the movies the movies the animated series like there was something for everyone both in terms of content and guests and vendors so um yeah yeah. touched all spectrums of x-men fandom Yes, which is what you want from an experience that's dedicated specifically to what people are nutty for, um, which is, for so many of us, the X-Universe. So, um, disappointingly, we're not discussing the X-Universe in this episode. (laughs) What a (laughs) build-up. We are actually talking about one of my other fandoms, and I'm wearing the shirt for it. We're talking about Fantastic Four Annual number 26. They've Fantastic Four apparently has some staying power. They do. Not the movies, but the comics. The the movies definitely do not have staying power. Um, (laughs) No, they don't. The cartoon was great. In 2025? Four? Whenever they did, they probably had to push it back because of the writer's strike, oh. um, like a whole bunch of their movies. So we will get another Fantastic Four movie eventually. Um, and the the name Fantastic Four on this annual is a bit misleading. Um, More like Fantastic it's the, One and a Half? Yeah, we do see all four of them, but um, only one of them is prominent. I... When I get my doctorate, I am going to do my thesis on why Ben Grimm was such a big character in the 80s and early 90s, because I don't fucking get it. Like, he was the Wolverine before there was, like, the Wolverine hype. Like, Thing had his own solo series. He had a different series called Marvel 2-in-1. Um... Oh, did they have one of those with Hercules? Yes, he teamed up with, like, everyone in the Marvel Universe for an issue. Like, it it was an anthology series, sort of, where it self-contained one-off adventures. You could just pick one up and enjoy a story with your favorite character and Ben Grimm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Shade. It it is so weird. Like... I am still waiting for someone to come to me with actual tangible data as to why Ben Grimm was this character that was pushed so much by Marvel. He, I feel, made an appearance with the Invisible Woman in Spider-Man the Animated Series in one of those, I think it was the Spider-Man Animated Series version of Secret Wars where there's Madam Web plopped two different teams Mm -hmm. and Spider-Man got to choose his team. He only chose one X-Man, of which was Storm, which, correct choice. Yeah. Um, Not wrong. <laughs> but then he got the Invisible Woman and the Thing from Fantastic Four to come to. And 
the Fantastic Four, I loved them before I loved the X-Men. So um, speaking of the Uncanny Experience, Larry Houston was there. And um, Larry Houston moved on to be the producer of Fantastic Four. That's why he wasn't around in season five of X-Men, because they're like, you're obviously so talented. You deserve to be your own showrunner for Fantastic Four. I grew up watching the Fantastic Four episodes ad nauseum. So I was really excited to dig into this because this was a couple years prior to Fantastic Four animated series being out there in the world. So um, our new characters, even right here on the cover, we don't get it every time for these issues. <laughs> we definitely do not. Um, but we get Wild Streak. And um, I am so excited to see Wild Streak. She's in our podcast logo for this season um art of lucas did a wonderful job interpreting her for us and her visor um because it's the 90s so you need <laughs> you need a dumb headpiece as demanda martini would say so i was so happy that i was a part of one of the characters that made it on your art yes, yes. absolutely and we don't have too many heroes for these like first appearances yeah it's been mostly villains so good for her for being a hero yeah um, so let's jump into this issue. Um, the main story is called Dreadface Lives, written by Tom DeFalco. Tom DeFalco, editor-in-chief of Marvel at the time as well. So, um, he was overseeing the entire line of Marvel comics, which in 1993, to put it in perspective, we're doing 27 episodes of annuals. That is not every single title that Marvel had at the time. Um, Wasn't Barbie at the same time? Barbie, you had um, Nova, for example, uh -huh. had his own series, but no annual. So if you're thinking just of like the slice that we're taking of 1993 and covering the annuals, that's not even every title. Wow. Which is, you can really see that we are at the top of that roller coaster of comics in 1993. Yeah, they 93 like, was Marvel's heyday. There <laughs> is a, I'm surprised there is they a, didn't do an annual for everyone. Yeah, there is gold in them, their hills, and we're going to have a title for everyone. And like you, I'm surprised they didn't do an annual because this whole thing of having a brand new character in every issue is such a cash grab um, that I'm surprised they didn't pump out more to capitalize on that. But there are... Definitely writers who are pulling double duty on some of these annuals. I mean, Fabian Nicieza had a hand in multiple annuals this year. Like, they probably reached their talent limit for the writer's room. Like, they're like, everyone is writing an annual on top of regular ongoing titles. So, And Tom's like, I'll, I'll just write this one. It's fine. I'll, I'll write this one. And this is such a 90s time with the Fantastic Four. So... Uh, ben Grimm has a helmet. <laughs> I I don't know why. He has, he's got a face infection, and he's very self-conscious about his, his face. face. Infection, it looks the same as always. <laughs> like, um, we don't see it, though. We, we see, like, some... We get his good side, and then mm. he has a wall side that is always shaded and away from the viewers. <laughs> he's like a Christmas tree. There's a wall side. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what did he mean by wall? Oh, he means like a Christmas tree. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, so we're, we're going to get into the 90s of everyone else. We covered um, Ben Grimm here. We see a blonde man with a dumb headpiece that we're going to get to. 
and Wild Streak, who has her dumb headpiece. Um, and some cool bands. We're opening up on a resort there are called no walls. King's Castle that looks like a sandcastle. It's in Florida, so I would not visit it now. And um, shortly, they are going to have no visitors either. <laughs> But, but the, the swimsuits are very 90s and like the hunk going up the stairs i don't think has a wall side no no wall side detected um so it's like a really popular resort for men in speedos and women in um various two <laughs> various <laughs> one piece and two piece bathing suits is what i was going to say but you say floss and i can't refute it i mean we're we are, the three of us are all the same age. We all, um, in college when the Call on Me video was a thing, with those 80s workout outfits, with the women have ridiculous things, and it's those ridiculous things here. Um, uh, the woman walking with the man up the stairs at this resort, that V, that is the deepest V I think I've seen since we covered a different <laughs> um, issue. I forget which one. There was a deep V. In one of the issues we covered this season. Oh, there was. I remember talking about it because it's all the way down to... It might be a chat episode. I think it was. Yeah. Anyway, this is not the only deep V in 1993. Um, We see two businessmen talking, and um, they're obviously criminals. But it's shady business, yeah. Yes. And one of them is like, look at that hot babe on the beach. And the other guy's like, that's our boss's girlfriend. Um, maybe don't lust after her. Yeah, it's you'll unhealthy. Get, you'll get murdered. And she goes into the ocean. She's like, this is fun. And then she's like, what is that? An oil slick. I'll swim around it. And Oh no, what is it doing? The oil slick grabs her. And Dreadface lives is a big splash page. <laughs> Dreadface is living. Dreadface <laughs> is the moment. <laughs> um, and it, so it, it's like a symbiote suit. And even on the cover, we get, if you thought Carnage, Spawn of Venom was a threat to mankind, wait till you see what Dreadface is planning to do. So uh, um, Dreadface... Because these two businessmen are like, oh, the boss's girl is in trouble. We better go help her because the, the sea is roiling. And Dreadface pops out and is like... oh, he... palms their faces. And she's like, you're snacks to me. And... Um, and we never see those people again. Nope, they're dead. They're dead. The, they're gone. The Dreadface minions on the cover and then Dreadface themselves is um, for folks who watch the original Muppet show... They're serving moomenshans with like the skit that they have with the big clay faces, and it's super fun. And you're like, "What is this? This is so bizarre." Um, it's that with the all black outfit and then um, stark white funky face. And um, Dreadface first appearance was in Fantastic Four three fifty nine, which was in nineteen ninety one. So very much a creature of the nineties. And the whole response to Venom. We like, everyone needs a Venom. Yes. Um Dreadface only so appeared many. five times in the entire publication history. Oh. Yes. That's on par with some of the other new characters, even though Dreadface is not the new character of this uh, issue. Yeah. So 359 and 360, then this annual, then Fantastic Force, 
volume one issue five which was another very 90s series uh-huh. i read it all it's like 16 or 18 issues um which involves a character we're gonna get to franklin richards mm-hmm. um and then fantastic four was volume one issue one and that's it which i think is like a handbook sort of thing that sounds like it's a here here's a rogues gallery you can look at their pictures yeah so, there's so many people in this book that i was like who are you how many appearances have you oh okay i just need one hand to count Got it. Yeah. <laughs> um so we go inside this hotel there's a ringleader and a henchman and they're bickering of like, oh, you shouldn't be skimming from the big boss. The big boss is going to find out and crush you. And the other guy's like, no, I'm in my castle. I am safe in my castle. And we find out that the Human Torch has been arrested. For arson, for which arson. honestly is not surprising. Um, Everyone in this scene has weirdly shaped heads. They do. This, The guy on the left. The bald like, guy. It's such an egg. Yeah. Like it, a little literal egg and this is a herb trimpy i don't know who that is a legendary artist um he did a lot of work in the 70s and 80s primarily um this is a lot of detail on the faces it's just their heads are shaped yeah um lumpy the other one is lumpy he's got a lumpy ass forehead what would that phrenology say about him i know not to be trusted if you're the big boss don't give him his own little duchy mm. so what what's its face dread face right yes <laughs> red face is just slaughtering people on their way up to this office and at first, they're like, what's happening? A bikini contest? And no, it's Dreadface murdering people. Oh, it's this page coming up. All right. Then we go to chapter two, Invitation to Disaster. And we see um, Franklin Richards from the scientific future strapped up. We get Sue Storm in her the, boob window. The outfit. boob window. I love this era for Sue. I this is my favorite Sue outfit. And then when I started reading this, I was like, are Sue and Reed in this? And then I got to this page and I was like, oh my God, it's slutty Sue era. I love this <laughs> this book. And, Which, and it's like muscle daddy, Mr. Fantastic era. Yeah, he looks hot in this first page. Yeah. Not sad about that. Um, but related to boob windows, Dylan, what are your thoughts on Lursa and Bator of the House of Duras? The Klingon lady is... Oh my god, I love them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. There's a, they, their outfits are just are also just so iconic. Yes. Um, and again, another product of the early 90s. Yeah. Yeah. They, they did make good villains. They did. And they show up on Deep Space Nine, and you're like, yes. Sue Storm herself and her boob window are a bit of a villain here. So um franklin has come back from the future but his parents are like i don't know if this is our kid or not and reed is like let me run some tests like deep scans like we can prove this and sue is very poorly drawn and is raging and is like he can't be our son i want my baby back the panel for this sue like ratchet (laughs) (laughs) her 
hair is just going every which way. I don't know what's happening with her spine, but it is not. A chiropractor would get a lot of business. Years and years ago, whenever there was the the tan lady, the like older lady that just kept tanning and tanning. Tan mom. Yeah, Yeah. tan mom. Her her hair, that's what Sue is giving me right now. (laughs) Tan mom hair. Tan mom hair. So there's this dispute about Franklin. This is playing into the main story of Fantastic Four, so we don't need to linger on it. Um, But Franklin is blonde and they can't accept that. Yep. So, um, Franklin is, uh, he gets a letter, There, there's a bunch of mail from a pneumatic tube. I mean, I do love a pneumatic tube. Yeah, and I, uh... And they, the yeah. thing has won a trip to this fantastic Florida resort. It, it looks like a sandcastle. Yeah. Surprise! Um, we got Sharon Ventura. Who's here trying to comfort him about his face? It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, but you need serious medical attention. And she's like holding up her hand and vomit. <laughs> I just don't get it. And then, like, why? It's a tin can. It looks or like a torpedo. Yeah. And so Franklin's like, hey, Uncle Ben, here, we should go on this trip. It'll cheer you up. And uh, Ben Grimm is uh, like, no, never. I can't. And Franklin uses his powers. On his own uncle. Yeah, to be like, we're going on vacation. Um, and I thought I thought Jean was evil with her way of manipulating people with her powers. Yeah. I'll read this. Chapter three, enter the wild streak. This is where we see our new character. And she is kicking ass in a pool hall. Yep. She's just beating up some criminals. And um, she has a great suit. She's got these bands that go up to her thighs and then on her arms, like up past her elbows. Um, Some shiny red with a probably a leather jacket because it's the 90s. Um, And that red helmet with the big green visor. And she is just kicking faces like... She throws an eight ball and plunks it off a guy's head. But she knows not to kill him with it, just enough to slow him down. Yes. That's how you know she's a hero. She's very sassy. I love it. Yeah. And she's just off on her own independent business here. She, I appreciate her thought bubbles where she is like, this is like her test run, her shakedown of her suit and her powers. And she's like, oh, I'm doing well, but I don't know if I can keep this up. And like, it's a, I thought it was like a fun yeah, she, introduction moment where she is so new. And I feel like you, if you get a journey with someone, that's a great story. And she basically what she's finding out from all these crim- criminals is going to lead her to King's Castle. King Candy's Castle. Um, <laughs> and the she we find out she needs a wheelchair that... Her legs were powered, and she was running out of power. So this whole test cruise. Um, her dad was with the van outside. Yep. And helps her to her wheelchair. She just made it. And she's like, pack your bags. We're going to the Florida Keys. <laughs> Which, yeah, every every time they mentioned Florida, I was like, oh, my God. No. <laughs> um, Franklin and Ben land in Florida. Ben is in uh, a pink 
muumu and a pink bucket hat and some invisible man wrap around his face. I think he got the hat from Blossom. (laughs) Oh my god, it is a Blossom hat. But why would you choose pink? Like you're trying to be incognito, and you he also didn't cover his arms. Like it's a short sleeve. (laughs) Um. So they land, and they're like, we need to go to this place. And he's just cantankerous. And uh, then he's like, someone ran into me. Watch it. And he's like, oh, it, it, you know, it's a woman in a wheelchair. And now I feel bad for for yelling. For yelling. And she's like, I hope you'll forgive me. And she is like, that's two members of the Fantastic Four. Or why would a member of the Fantastic Four take a commercial airline down here, especially now? They're here for a reason. And Franklin is fully in his battle gear, like, the entire time. With his headpiece. like he threw... Oh, the headpiece of it. Yeah. And his high metal boots. Yes. And Which... the metal shoulder pads on his jacket. Yep. Oh. Um, and he's like, there's something odd about our driver. Like, I can't pick up a scan from him. There's there's nothing, nothing psychically happening. Yeah. But they get a limo because he won a contest and they get to the hotel and he's like, what a dump. They're, ben like, Grimm is such a negative Nancy. The, I mean, the juxtaposition between this image and the one with the hunky dude going up the stairs, it's the same yeah. venue, but it's very different because you just get some shadowy figures in suits. There's no water in the pool. Yeah. Yeah. The deck is deserted. Have either of you ever seen the second I Know What You Did last summer? Or it was called I yes. Still Know What You Did. I, is my I got, favorite. I got Where's a lot Brandy? of vibes. Yeah, I got a lot of vibes from this. Like, yeah. you know, they won the fake contest to the resort. By answering the wrong capital of Brazil. Yes. Yes. I got what a lot of vibes say? from that. They said Rio. They said Rio. Yes. And it's okay. Brazilia. Brazilia. Yeah. And it, that was the big reveal when they finally realized like they were fucked there. Like the killer is like, don't you realize Rio isn't the capital of Brazil? And they're like, what? And like, yeah. And like, as he was like say- saying that somebody was like at a big giant globe at the resort and they were like looking at Brazil and they're like, <laughs> <laughs> it's a vibe. Um, I don't think I've seen any of those movies. Oh, they're so good. I have the soundtrack on vinyl. Of course you do. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, so uh, Dreadface is building... A something. A something. And uh, Dreadface is like, you need to get more money to buy things. And I don't care. Like, um, I need to complete the Duplatron. Do we understand what the fuck the Duplatron does? It creates Duplos for all the small children. <laughs> it's a Duplo factory. Um, so I think these... Deadface is tricking them and trying to like take over the world, but they don't know that. Right. And Dreadface is like, give me more. Dreadface, not Deadface. Sorry. Dreadface. Whatever face. Well, we know it's a dead face because we're going to see that skin come off soon. Before we get there, Spoiler. it's chapter five, the origin of Wild Streak. Um, Wild Streak's dad, Dennis Bowden, used to work for Hydra. How do you feel about like a reformed Nazi? Because I feel not great about him. Um, like he finally realized he's at least a reformed Nazi of color. True. (laughs) Um, 
So uh, Lt realized the errors of his ways and is now trying to use his professional skill set for good. Yes, and the reason why his daughter is in a wheelchair is because he left Hydra and Hydra's like, no one leaves Hydra. And she was a really talented gymnast and they sabotaged the parallel bars. Oof. Rude. Um, so she lost the ability to use her legs and her dad created these banded boots and arms that'll give her more like the agility and the power that she had when she was a gymnast. Yes. And um, he's it's really his life's work. And that's why she is the wild streak. And she mailed her outfit. Yeah, she did. She, she knew it. that it wasn't going to get past TSA. Yes. So she's <laughs> like, I'm just going to FedEx this to myself. And he's like, you're so smart. Um, chapter six, it strikes by night. Um, and there's a, I thought this was strife. No, it's Psylord. It's Franklin in his Psylord armor, which is um, probably really noticeable at this deserted resort. Yeah, it's so shiny. And he's just out there flying in the air. And it has a purple in the aura. Of the daytime. Yep. And then he's trying to like investigate while flying around. And he's like, oh, wait, there are some people. I'm going to land and and take my armor off because i don't think he can get a size scan from them again like yeah um wild streak is also on a mission on the resort grounds do her own investigation and then the, it's an oil slick i don't um, know about your copy but my copy there's a millisecond where uh she's white instead of black oh <laughs> it is not colored as oh. dark as her skin i was like oh no <laughs> Coloring errors. Um, so apparently we can call these dread faces according to the cover. Oh. So this is just like another dread face creature. Although it's not, it doesn't have a face yet. It's just a a blob. A blob. A jaggedy blob. Um thing is moping. And he's like <laughs> I could only face this direction because I have a wall side. <laughs> and He's like, I, I guess I'll leave the room. And he puts on the helmet only to find Wild Streak getting attacked. And he's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna fight this slime shit. And he does his Bengrim thing. He yanks an electrical cord of a wall and zaps it and sort of barbecues it. Yeah. Does he know at this point that it's Dreadface? No. Also, I don't know the reference he's making of Doc Gooden. Next chapter. This battleground Earth. So Psylord uh, is uh, seeing all these goons get together. And uh, one of the lackeys is confronting one of the guys in the suits. And the guy shoots tendrils out of his eyes, and then all of them do. Because these are these are goons sent by the big boss to get his proper shut cut of what this underling had been stealing. And yeah, the Dreadface people just shoot goo out of their eyes, which seems terrible. Yeah. But I suppose if you're dead, you don't really mind. Yeah. And inside, Dreadface is like, great, like... 
Keys. Thus begins my conquest of Earth with the Florida Keys, and specifically this one resort. <laughs> and this guy is like, okay, we've had enough. Like, you, we are not going to make a profit from you doing this thing. And he goes to strike, and Dreadface is like, puts him down very easily. And is like, I like your skin suit better. And then he, like, morphs out of the woman's skin suit, and it's so gross. Like, there's no eyes, it's all droopy. There's an exposed rib cage. Poor Carrie. R.I.P. Carrie just wanted to swim. She just wanted to swim. Um... So uh, then nerdy dude with lumpy forehead is very angry. And he's like, you killed her. And um, Dreadface is like, you're nothing to me. I'm going to backhand you out a window. And it shouldn't be a surprise that Carrie's dead. Like, there's no way. No way you can come back from that. Oh, absolutely not. Um, And... It, this dude splashes down through some trees onto a sidewalk right in front of Thing and Wild Street. They go over to help him, and he's like, I'm dying. But, but there's no onomatopoeia. No, um, <laughs> he doesn't deserve one. I do want to uh, mention that when he splatters on the ground in front of them, both Ben and Wild Streak, is, is that her name? Wild yes. Streak? Okay. Both of them are giving lots of ass. Like, there's so many cakes in this it's one. A, it's a cake <laughs> moment. I was like, I noticed Ben's, but then I looked at her and I'm like, oh, she's serving just as much as Ben. <laughs> yeah, his is very large um, and rocky. Yes. Um, you would not want to hit that. It's You're, you're, you're going to break your pelvis. Oh. And he's like, I need to get to this literal sword in the stone because I took some precautions. The underboss who had been stealing, who had been flung out the window is saying this. Yes, yes. lumpy face. Lumpy face. Um, and Franklin Richards is flying as Psylord, and he's like, he's calling them flat scans. I was surprised to get in that reference to flat scans. Did not anticipate it. And the, he is uh, going after everyone and psionically shooting them? I don't I don't get it. I, I, I was not invested in what Psylord was doing. Isn't he yeah. a reality warper, but also has psychic powers? It seemed like sure. he just wanted to fly around and be a Megazord, the whole issue, and not really mm. do anything. Megazord is a very good descriptor. Ben Grimm busts in and he's like, Dreadface, I know you. And he's like, I know you too. And they go way back. They go, they go back practically back. issues. And, um, uh, <laughs> the, the, the phrasing, um, from Dreadface to Ben Grimm, I'll spurt across you in an instant and Sir. suck up your vitality like soda through a straw is. Perhaps when I would say phrasing, <laughs> uh, to miss all respect to Mr. Tom DeFalco, phrasing. <laughs> um, Ben's like, This is why we haven't seen each other for a while because you talk like is, this. This is why I won't expose my face to you. Um, 
they get in a fight. We don't really need to cover a Bengram fight because they're all fucking insane. Although, it's him throwing sh- chunks of concrete at people. Oh, yeah, because he can punch Dreadface. Because if he punches Dreadface, then Dreadface will ooze all over okay. him. And now that I say that out loud, it's phrasing. And then he touched him, but then we cut to Wild Streak with Lumpy Face, and he. he uses the sword in the stone to expose a computer terminal and he's like i have a self-destruct sequence you have five minutes to get off property like he knows he's dying he's not going to make it yeah just and it if you played the lego marvel games if the computer panel has the same sparky things as Mm -hmm. the Ms. Marvel going into the circuit panels effect beep boop 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 is what that console is saying (laughs) <laughs> and um, we start talking about the contact that Ben Grimm came into with Threadface. Cylorg comes in and he's like, I, I'm going to make very small pupils at him. It's and such an anime thing, I feel. Yeah. Right? Like in Dragon Ball Z or whatever, when they're powering up or like when someone punches you in the heart and you're about to keel over, your pupils get super small like that. So he sorts out their their mind meld. And separates them. Yep. And he's like, I did it. And he's helping Ben Grimm. Wildstreak is like, we gotta go. Like, now. Like, we have no time. So Psylord shields them on the beach. Everything explodes. And they're fine. Ben Grimm is like, next time I make the arrangements. Arhar. He didn't even want to be there. In the no, first he place. didn't. He's... You didn't even make these arrangements. You won a contest and that it... wasn't even real. Yeah. <laughs> so, Ben Grimm, if you want a verification, you go for it. I will not be coming with you. Um, so, uh, before we get to the backup story, which relates nothing to what <laughs> Absolutely we just read, nothing. Um, Wild Streak appeared. Let me check the notebook. Oh, I did take notes. I liked her. I want to I, read more because of her. Yeah. So, Dylan, would you read more of Wild Streak? I would. Um, I was a little concerned. Maybe I just have too many serious conversations on my podcast a lot, but I loved her. But then I was also like, do we have to have every almost every black character have to have a struggle in their life before they can have a great life and Um, i was thinking uh, um more from the disability standpoint that do we need a hero to have to walk to be a hero you know like um i it made sense with her backstory being a gymnast and her dad using technology but it would have been more empowering to me if she was able to do everything she did with her physical disability. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, I would read more of her. Um, she appeared three more times. That's it? That's it. No. Um, Thunderstrike issue 11, which I didn't dig out of the basement. I almost did. Oh. But then we got busy um, leading up to this recording. Hmm. I did read her two other appearances, which are on Marvel Unlimited, though. Oh. The first one is in Fantastic Four 540. Oh, so uh, is that a leap? It is a big leap. We are in the mid 2000s. Wow. In the midst of civil war. 
Oh. Wildstreak is being held prisoner by Reed Richards because she refuses to register as a superhero. Oh. He has her ready to go in this big tube because his solution to all the heroes who refuse to register is to shoot them into the negative zone. Wow. Reed <laughs> Richards. And, and this is apparently a big issue because Ben Grimm leaves the team, this issue. Sue Storm leaves Reed. Good. Because, because Wildstreak breaks out of the tube, but Sue turns her invisible so she can jump out of a window and escape. Oh. And Wildstreak is then off. And then Sue Storm is like, I'm leaving you. You're not the man I love. Bye. And she does like an invisible tube throughout the entire Baxter building or wherever the fuck they're living at that point. Um, Four Freedoms Plaza, maybe. And like ruins the entire like structure. And throughout the issue, Reed is like, it's going to be $750,000 to repair this damage. Because she just like disked herself up to the roof and flew away. Oof. And Wild Street's last appearance, Civil War Frontline issue five. Oh. Where she and a bunch, it's a very weird, very weird setup because it draws parallels to the heroes who um, were fighting against registration and. The story of two brothers in the American Civil War, one who fought on each side, and they're trying to draw the parallel like we're just fighting against ourselves. Oh. Um, but there was a bunch of like Confederates drawn, and it was a team of African American superheroes like juxtaposed. And at the end of it, Iron Man just blasts the fuck out of all of the African American superheroes to take them prisoner. And that's Wildstreak's last appearance. What? Yep. Her last appearance is being taken prisoner by a rich white man. During Civil War. During an event called Civil War. Wow. Terrible. And I really like her personality. Right. Like, what great potential for a character. And they were, they used her... In the Fantastic Four issue, I thought it was nice for a cameo appearance, and she got, she freed herself from a terrible fate. But then her last appearance is a terrible fate, where she's taken prisoner, and maybe Reed still shoots her into the negative zone. Oh. Terrible. I agree, Dylan, to your shaking of your head. And, uh, but <laughs> I, I really do enjoy that she's in our podcast logo, because I like this character. Yes. I stand wild streak. They did her wrong. They did her super dirty. They did do uh, her wrong. Okay. I would like to, to see her return in yes. some sort of fashion. So let's cover this backup story. So we did mention that not every Marvel title had an annual. I feel this was just a way to get the Celestials in an annual. Um, do we care about the Celestials? Do we, like, there's a whole, the backstory <laughs> is the life cycle of a Celestial, basically. Like, where do they come from? What do they do? Where, yeah. Where did their power come from? And um, then we get like five different answers and we then get we're Frankie told Ray. none of them are right. We we do get Frankie Ray. I don't I don't know her. She is a herald of Galactus. Oh. Um she came with the big Galactus. Oh. She's fiery hair. Okay. Um but not Fire Lord. No. 
So this is just them discussing, and then they get judged, just like a perhaps recent, perhaps waste of my fucking time crossover um, in Marvel Comics. Um, Tell us how you really feel. I did not need to read all of that. like, And I didn't. That was the crossover <laughs> where I'm like, we're not buying this Iron Man issue. <laughs> um, Tony Stark doesn't need our money. Um, but yeah, it's the life cycle of the Celestial, which... Was this something that an editor had in their drawer where they were like... It's such a standalone that doesn't apply to anything. It's a standalone that I feel was probably meant for one of the anthology series like Marvel Comics Presents. Like they had like a story in a drawer that would take up a quarter of a standard issue. And they're like, oh, Fantastic Four didn't last that long. We need to fill eight pages. Yeah. Then they... There's a part where she says, towards the end, where she goes, and yet I am now even more perplexed than when we began. And I was like, yes, I agree. Why did this happen? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I like the art. The art is fun. I am a sucker for Cosmic Marvel and Cosmic Marvel art. Like, you give me a weird hand and a... Coming out of a gravity well. It looks like one of the suck discs from that episode of Star Trek The Next Generation where they're addicted. With the Katarians. Yes. Plus 100% sabotage. And so they have a suck disc with a hand emerging from it. Um, the colors are just 90s. Neon realness. I, so I appreciate it for the art, the story I, I didn't need. They yeah. could have given us more pages of Wildstreak doing the investigation into the pool hall people mm. and what the big bad's scheme was, how to foil it, and how to foil this underling at the sandcastle. I would have taken more Wildstreak pages. Yep. Yeah. Or even just Ben Grimm maybe showing us his face. But it's so gross. He's diseased. <laughs> but it would have still up. been more entertaining than these eight pages. I mean, do you want to puke? Because we can arrange that. (laughs) (laughs) Just like Sharon Ventura. I mean, she left in a hurry. She left that panel going to Ralph all over the place. But also her shoulder pads. like I was like, why are you dressed up? Like, it seemed like a lover's quarrel. And I was like, are you... Why is this conversation happening with you in your superhero outfit? And it's Kelly Green and Magenta, like... The Romulans are so jealous of those shoulder pads. They they wish they could pull those off like her. So the question we're posing, and we'll have Dylan go first. Um, reading this annual, does this make you want to read the main Fantastic Four series that's ongoing at this time in 1993? There's a... There's that, a pregnant that, pause. There's a pregnant pause that is not an editing mistake. We are still recording. Dylan <laughs> is gathering some thoughts. Um, I'm going to say yes for all the wrong reasons. Because okay. I, I want to see more of Sue's slutty outfit. I want to know what Ben's face looks like. Because I, I knew he had face problems. But I didn't care enough to ever look it up. And um, yeah, that's about it. More slutty Sue and Ben's face. Okay. Philip, I'll maybe if I didn't have other things to read. I know there's so much to read all the time. I mean, as a comic fan, I think at a certain point you need to just embrace that. There's so just much, yeah, there's just so much, much to read. Um, and I'm looking up. I think 
as I'm paging through uh, a spreadsheet right now, um, I have most of these issues. I'm oddly missing like three issues right before this annual, but otherwise I have a gigantic run of Fantastic Four going back to issue 216 all the way to 416, which is when volume one effectively ends. Ah. So um, I have a ton of this and I have not read this period. Um, I've read the John Byrne stuff, but not the stuff that comes after it. And this makes me want to read more. Like you said, Dylan, for the wrong reasons, (laughs) like I really don't need more Ben Grimm, even though I know I'm in for more Ben Grimm. Um, I want I want to figure out like how the hell Psylord is here. Like what happened in that issue to bring him back? And um, and he has dark hair now. When did that happen? Sue Storm. What's going on with her? Does she ever end up loving her son while he's an adult or not? Right. It's very. It reminds me very much because very similar to X Men and Rachel and Jean. I feel like Jean for a while was like no. No, thank you. I don't want a child. <laughs> um, and uh, seeing more of Jacked Up Reed Richards and uh, Johnny Storm because Heartthrob, Human Torch. The Human. one Fantastic Four member we did not see in this issue. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have his blonde stand in, his nephew. Yeah. All right. Anything else that we want to reflect on this issue before we close out this episode? No. Great. <laughs> what it? I thought it was fun. I Wild Streak was fun. It was a fun little corner of the Marvel universe, um, and it, it is popcorn reading to me. It's hmm. it's good entertainment. You don't need to know a whole lot of context to be able to enjoy it. I like Fair. the whole new characters being introduced in this year of annuals. Mm-hmm. It's fun, even it if is. they are characters that we basically never saw again yeah so dylan where can people find you online so they can relate to you and your takes about sue storm and this being her best era well i don't think i've ever talked about my love for sue storm and her slutty era anywhere except for here i know and people are going to come to just uh, talk about now i know at least one other guest of the podcast that we've had in the past that will uh be overjoyed that awesome. boob window era sue is someone else's favorite as well awesome but everybody can find me on uh podcast places at my podcast called house of x podcast and then you can find me all over the internet at warpath underscore dylan that is warpath underscore d-y-l-a-n and you can find us on instagram at x factor files podcast um, where you can see images that I will post from this issue, including a boob window, uh, maybe some attached co- to a ratchet-looking Sue Storm, and <laughs> um, wild and plenty wild streak. Yeah, because we stand. Yes, we do. Um, everyone, you can catch us next time. Thank you for joining. Be well. Bye. Bye.